Hey folks, it's me, Stephen. And as I announced in many of the previous episodes, well, I'm currently on vacation and I'm not going to be back until July. But don't go anywhere because you're still going to get an episode of this podcast. It just won't be hosted by me. Instead, it's going to be hosted by a truly amazing individual or a group of truly amazing individuals. Just, you know, don't go falling in love with them and leave me. Okay? Anyway, see y'all in July. My name is Ian Levenstein, and you are listening to... Wait a minute. Wait, hold on. Let me let me check that. Just another. What? When did I even agree to this? All right, fine. My name is Ian Levenstein, and you are listening to Just Another Fanboy. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds where it's the same year and you're the same person? But everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? There it is. I apologize for that, but I think you'll find this a bit more interesting. Hello there, podcasting land. My name is Ian Levenstein. And welcome to another exciting episode of Not My Podcast. (laughs) Welcome to Just Another Fanboy. I am filling in for the one and only Steven this month. Well, this episode at least. In this month of June as uh, he goes sips my ties at the beach or something along those lines. For anybody unfamiliar with myself, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a rundown here before we get into the episode itself. Um, Yeah, my name is Ian Levenstein. I have been podcasting since the year 2006, 16 years in this, I guess you could say, business uh, if you want to, even though I've not really made money off of this business, but I guess it's still technically a business. Uh, I have been doing my own show, uh, actually even longer than 2006, uh, as I started off doing a solo podcast by myself uh, when I was still in college. Uh, In fact, now I need to look up what year that was when that first episode came out. But uh, yeah, I'd say 20 years total I've I've been working in podcasting or pretty darn close to it. Uh, maybe 18 years to be specific. I started off with a show called Geek Speak. Realized very quickly how original I was. Uh, and eventually that then became the Geek Speak Report solo by myself. Looked for a co-host for that for a little while. Uh, found a co-host and then never actually put out an episode of that. But before I knew it, I'd moved over to Comic Timing. And that's been my show for years Myself and Brent Casina are the, uh, I'd say for the most part, the host-co-host dynamic of that show, along with uh, what used to be a rotating crew. But as of the past like three or four years, we've settled on uh, Donovan Morgan Grant, along with Brandon Christopher, occasionally artist extraordinaire Jamal Eigel, 
little more occasional than usual lately, as I think he's been on the last three or four episodes straight. My good friend, Chris Nottis, and occasionally Raf Suhu as well, uh, thrown in there with uh, and the rest of us. I then started co-hosting Comic Geek Speak, uh, a show that I was a longtime fan of, uh, and uh, they uh, were in need of someone to step in as the producer, and I was happy to keep the show running, uh, or at least assist in keeping the show running, and became a dedicated geek of the Comic Geek Speak crew about two years or so, uh, actually approaching three years now. Man, time flies. I, I don't understand how time works anymore, but uh, either way, uh, we, uh, we've been rolling for quite some time now, and I'm happy to be a regular member of Comic Geek Speak. Uh, comic timing episodes get released in the Comic Geek Speak feed as well, uh, if, if, when I do get around to doing that. But I've talked about myself now uh, for about four minutes of this episode, and you're looking for more than that here, because this is just another fanboy. And I figured I would take the assignment quite literally here. I mean, Stephen told me I could talk about anything, but I'm like, all right, how did I become a fanboy? That's a that's a really good question. Um, I, I've been a nerd for years. I've been a comic fan for years uh, since about 1993. Uh, that's when I started collecting comics on the semi-regular at uh, AAA Comics and Cards in uh, my hometown of Brooklyn, New York. But... Comics were one thing. It's like what got me into like the the fandom door uh, is what I'm trying to think of. And there's only one answer to that, and that is Sliders. Now, Sliders was a science fiction series uh, that occurred between 1995 and the year 2000. Uh, it, it, it aired on two different networks. It was one of the first sci-fi shows to experience that uh, of it of its particular era as it started off on Fox and uh, then eventually made its way to the sci-fi channel for seasons four and five a very very different season four and five although season three kind of started that uh, slide down the difference as it were but uh, Jerry O'Connell was the initial star uh, he was a a guy who came across a portal to a parallel world and got him along with his best friend, his professor, and a rando, of course, Rembrandt, crying man Brown, trapped in the multiverse as they try to find their way home. That was the initial premise for Sliders. Uh, seasons one and two pretty much went along those lines. Uh, season two is terrific. If you ever got a chance to sit down and watch it, uh, last I checked, I'm pretty sure it's still all on Netflix, or at least almost all of it. There's two episodes missing from season one. I think it's due to music rights issues or something else, but they're two of the best episodes in season one, too. Uh, one of them is an end of the world episode where they came pretty close to you know dying on one of these parallel worlds until they found a way to basically slide a world away uh, and, and themselves in the process. Great, great episode of the show. And uh, I think I, I may very well be available on Amazon, but I'd say either just, you know, buy the show digitally or see if you can track down the uh, the DVDs uh, so you can watch the whole thing in full. And yeah, the, uh, the episode in question is Last Days that is missing. Uh, they're also missing The Weaker Sex, 
which uh, has a pretty cool opening uh, there uh, as essentially all the gender roles are reversed on this particular episode. And there's a episode in season three called Soul Survivors, which is their take on zombie horror that is missing as well. By the time we got to season four, things started getting super duper weird. Um, at that point, uh, two out of the four original cast members had left the show. Sabrina Lloyd, who played Wade Wells on the show, and uh, Professor Arturo, was played by John Rhys-Davies, left the show. John Rhys-Davies left uh, mid-season three so that they could basically sex the show up. Fox was in its uh, sex cells era and they thought they could even do that with their sci-fi shows It's like oh hey well nobody's coming to watch this for the old british guy let's just get rid of him and throw kari Wurrer in there as maggie beckett and uh have her join the squad and season three was incredibly uneven uh, a lot of b-movie versions of better movies uh, as tv episodes thrown in there there were some gems earlier on in the season like for instance there's a there's an episode where quinn meets his fraternal female double, double logan um and uh, she causes havoc on the crew uh, season four also introduced uh, a uh, a brother character to uh, jerry o'connell's quinn mallory uh, that had never been known before, but there he was out there in the uh, in the multiverse, and turns out it's his actual real brother in real life. Shock of shocks, uh, as uh, Charlie O'Connell joined the uh, crew in this fourth season, and that's kind of where it started going downhill for the most part. Um, once Colin Mallory got in there, it was it was weird. <laughs> uh, it got even weirder in season five when uh, it. At that point, Jerry O'Connell decided to leave the show, so they replaced him with a fraternal double, this one of himself, as uh, it was another Quinn Mallory, but not him, just a Quinn Mallory who happened to share DNA specifics, but had a different mother, so he looked different. Uh, and they, they brought on Dr. Diana Davis, uh, Tembi Locke, to the crew as well. And weirdly enough, season five kind of, went back to a lot of the things I enjoyed about season one and season two, which was, it was very episodic and uh, it kind of brought back uh, a lot of that like sci-fi flair that it had been missing in season four as it tried to, you know, get its feet uh, wet. But so much of it was on the universal backlot that, you know, there was only so much that you could do with what was there. But I was a huge fan of Sliders to the point where I I joined the message boards. I had a username of the name of Slide Rules on the uh, sci-fi channel message boards for Sliders back in the day. Uh, I, I even remember, uh, I, I happened to come across like a, a fellow comic nerd uh, about maybe like 10, 15 years later, uh, just by pure coincidence that I met on the uh, Comic Geek Speak uh, forums that I friended there that turns out back in the day when they came out with Batman Beyond Return of the Joker uh originally it was hacked to shreds uh and uh, they had removed all the blood and they tried to make it like as as G-rated as possible so they even like changed the plot a little bit and got rid of uh, uh the story and that was the DVD that was released at the time these days they've released the you know unrated version 
Uh, and and that director's cut is the only real version of Batman Beyond Return of the Joker that exists now because they realized that they weren't really you know doing anything here and nobody really cared. They weren't saving the minds of children <laughs> with, with this version of of Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. But at the time, uh, the only way to really see that original vision of that movie was if you happened to find one of the preview copies that was sent to video stores. And I knew a guy on the Sliders forums that got a hold of one of these preview copies. It even had like, I think it, I think it had embedded Chinese subtitles on it, if I remember correctly. And he sent me a VHS copy of that. And that was the first time that I ever got to watch Batman Beyond Return of the Joker the right way. And years later, uh, you know, just randomly, I find out that the same guy that I friended because of the Comic Key Speak forums happened to be that guy that sent me that VHS cassette back in the day. Uh, it's a small world, a small nerd world, but I digress. I wrote, I wrote fan fiction about sliders. Uh, I read, you know, as much as I could about it. There's this wonderful website called earthprime.com, which goes into the history of the show um, and even has some like unreleased uh, scripts that were never made. Um, behind-the-scenes interviews with some of the creators, uh, in, including uh, Tracy Torme, who is Mel Torme's son. Um, and uh, he is one of the uh, main creators of Sliders and, uh, you know, what he went through uh, to get the show made and the politics that he had to jump through in season three, where he became a little bit less interested in the show. But one of the reasons that I bring this up on a show like, you know, Just Another Fanboy is that there were Sliders comics yeah, these comics were put out by Acclaim's comic book division, Acclaim Comics, Inc. This was not too far before Acclaim filed for bankruptcy and uh, you know eventually had to shut their doors. But before that happened, Acclaim bought Valiant Comics. And they thought they were going to be able to, you know, utilize that for a lot. They thought that they would be able to make, you know, video games out of Valiant properties, you know, get yourself a Harbinger video game. That's what we're talking about, baby. And build their brand off of that. Continue to put out the comics and, and stuff like that. Eventually, Valiant became acclaimed comics. And they got the rights to make Sliders comic books. And this is another one of the things that I, that I want to discuss here on the show is that I, I own a, all the Sliders comics that were released. I, I bought them years ago off of eBay. You know, young me, when I was reading these, didn't realize the, the talent that was behind these comics. Like, stalwart industry professionals and also people that were just getting their feet wet that we now know today for a lot more than just rando sliders comics from acclaim comics the first storyline of this comic series was known as armada it was written by dg chichester and i, I tried to find more on dg chichester and i really didn't um, outside of the fact that uh, that he's uh, you know just a one of those like tried and true comic creators, he wrote for Daredevil for a while. Uh, he wrote for uh, Nick Fury, Agents of Shield. He did Bloodshot for a little while, uh, and and he wrote three 
of the Sliders comic books, the comic book miniseries that came out. Uh, the initial Sliders issues one through three, uh, then Sliders Darkest Hour and Sliders Ultimatum. Looking here too, he he worked on like an eighty-page giant for Batman. Uh, had some Judge Dread uh, in his backlog, but you know nothing. Nothing too too fancy out there. Although he did write Assassins number one for Amalgam Comics, one of my greatest guilty pleasures, and I really wish that DC and Marvel would hug and make it up and perhaps do some more Amalgam someday. Anywho, uh, DG Chichester is the writer, but the penciler for this particular miniseries, Dick Giordano. Dick Giordano, uh, a creator with a major pedigree in DC Comics in particular, as an editor, as a penciler, as an inker. Uh, he, he passed away in 2010, but he had been working in the business you know, since the 50s over at Charlton. And he, more than anything else, is cited as one of the driving forces in getting the Charlton stable of characters eventually purchased by DC Comics. So, you know, characters like Blue Beetle and, uh, and you know, the Atom and uh, the, the Question and what have you. Uh, not, not the Atom. Uh, uh, I always do this. Captain Atom. Captain Atom. There we go. Yep. Way too many characters with Atom in their name. You know, he, he watched a horror series called The Witching Hour uh, back in 1969. Uh, he did some all-star Western stuff, but he did tons of Batman and Green Lantern. You know, he worked in the business for forever. And, of course, more than anything else, he penciled Sliders comics. <laughs> the, the Armada was, was interesting because it, it was a miniseries that was kind of the first to bring sliders in a in a more science fiction direction. Like before this, they were just, you know, flipping universes, but there were just humans involved. Uh, now there's this alien race that's introduced called the Zerkuvians. And this was never introduced in the TV show. This was only here in the comics. Although you can certainly see, you know, like where they may have very well like half gotten ideas for a race known as the Cro-Mags that were eventually introduced onto the you know television show itself. The Cro-Mags being a a alternate race uh, that that ruled uh, the the Earth with an iron fist and tried to then you know bring themselves into the multiverse and rule as much as humanly possible or Cro-Magnumly possible, whatever. Editor in chief at the time was Bob Layton. For uh, for those of you who know the name Bob Layton, uh, who you know is uh, known for a bunch of different things, uh, Iron Man and uh, and also you know his editorial chops, uh, and uh, the inker was Mike DiCarlo on this as well. We move forward, and Ultimatum was penciled, uh, still written by D.G. Chichester, but penciled by Bernard Chang. Bernard Chang, another creator that did tons of work for Marvel and DC uh, long after this. Uh, still working in comics today. Had a, had a long run on Batman Beyond not too long ago with uh, Dan Jurgens. You know, he's, he's, he's worked on you know, Green Lantern Corps and did so for a long time. Nightwing, Supergirl, 
uh, over at Marvel, Cable Deadpool, Annual, uh, Iron Man The End, and uh, a bunch of other stuff. But he was known for Valiant Comics, uh, uh, The Secret Life of Dr. Mirage before that, and then stepped into the world of Ultimatum at Sliders. And this particular miniseries, The Rapture Has Come, Thousands Are Disappearing, but is it divine intervention or a religious conspiracy? I, I'm, I'm going to guess it's probably a lot more conspiracy there. Uh, and, of course, doubles, because that's the way Sliders works. And Quinn's double was uh, was something else in this Ultimatum series. I, I think he may have been involved with the religious conspiracy part of it, but you didn't hear that from me. Moving over to Darkest Hour, you get Dick Giordano uh, on pencils again, Mike DiCarlo on the inks, and Sam De La Rosa and this was kind of the uh, the end of one of the main uh, story arcs here, uh, as due to these Arcuvians, the the crew of the Sliders themselves uh, kind of had like a, a motion shift. This is another thing that like I'm glad that they never actually brought on to the TV show, but somehow they themselves were altered and they realized that it has something to do with sliding itself that all these multiple earths are existing on top of each other and that they somehow went slightly out of phase with themselves and lost a bit of themselves in the process and then ticking clock concluded that all there as uh, dennis calero worked on this particular issue of the series with Sam De La Rosa and Barbara Kahlberg as well on the inks. And they made it home in this issue. And then, of course, in order to get themselves back to being themselves uh, after this entire story arc of Darkest Hour, they have to slide away uh, and uh, Quinn creates this machination where he's able to... Uh, slide through a wormhole and get themselves fully back in the process. But of course, they're no longer home again because there has to be more comics. There has to be more TV show. There's no way you can just stay home. And that's what happened there. Narcotica was written by the one and only Jerry O'Connell. And that's the only one of the pencil, uh, one of the stories here with uh, Jerry O'Connell on the writing credits and it's a world where drugs are pushed on the populace by the government. And Professor Arturo himself has to step into his double shoes to speak out on addiction. So this is kind of the drug issue of, of sliders. You know, going back to the days of, you know, when Stan Lee published a drug issue of Spider-Man, the don't do drugs. This is the don't do drugs issue that Jerry O'Connell got to write. And the pencils by Jackson Geis and Dennis Calero. Again, just going with the creators that were involved with this, that's, it's outrageous that, you know, names that worked on, on X-Men and Dazzler and, you know, all these, all these various books over the years were involved with fricking sliders comics. Uh, one, one of the things that uh, Jackson Geis is the most known for is the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. Uh, he, he did a lot of the behind-the-scenes behind the work on that uh, and also uh, a, a bunch of the pinups 
uh, but he worked on New Mutants, uh, Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Action Comics. He was one of the architects of the uh, the Death of Superman storyline, along with uh, Mike Carlin, Dan Jurgens, and Louise Simonson. Yeah, tons of stuff that you can throw in there, along with the fact that he drew a Jerry O'Connell Sliders comic about drugs. <laughs> yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. Moving forward, uh, Jeff Vita, uh, Jeff Summers, and Tracy Torme uh, were behind Blood and Splendor. Now, this one is, is, is interesting, as Blood and Splendor was supposed to be an episode of the show that just never got made. And one of the reasons is that it would have cost way too much money to make. Uh, this was about uh, the sliders facing a tyrannical Aztec chief and an interdimensional immune system when they slide to a world where the Euro- Europeans lost the fight for North America. They were basically going to find out that the wormhole that they slide through has antibodies and that there are you know beings out there that are doing their best to try to keep the walls in between the multiverse clean and that if you slide between them too much that you may wind up you know causing irreparable damage and the special effects that it would have taken to make those monsters was just way beyond what fox was willing to do uh and there's an excellent interview with robert k weiss of of sliders uh on the earth prime uh website where you can learn a little bit more about the blood and splendor that would have been um, but uh, this is penciled. <laughs> I, I love when I get to this. Penciled by Rags Morales. Rags Morales, who these days, you know, is is known for uh, work he's done mostly at DC. Uh, but you know, he worked on Black Condor. He worked on Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Uh, he he worked on Identity Crisis. Did that entire miniseries along with Brad Meltzer and, uh, you know, think of, of how much that mattered for a while over at DC and still does in some ways. Uh, Our Man, the, uh, the excellent uh, Android version of Our Man was, uh, was drawn by Rags Morales uh, and, you know, tons more work behind the name. And this is, if you're going to read any of the Sliders comics, this is the one to pick out. Because again, this one is literally an unreleased episode of the show. And you can look at it like that. Um, came really close to happening and then didn't wind up coming together in the end. Deadly Secrets is another one in this series here. And this was uh, written by D.G. Chichester once again and Dean Zachary on the pencils. This is, this is a fun little story where, uh, you know, Wade winds up uh, reuniting with her parents on a world where, uh, the, you know, the average consumer lives in space and the planet before below chokes under a biological weapon called Green Thumb. So we get even more sci-fi on this. And again, the budget for this alone would have been way too much for Fox. So that's why this definitely did not exist as an episode. But we get to get a life. This is where I will, you know, close things off. Because frankly, this was the last Sliders comic. And it's also unreleased. Now we do have uh, the script for the unreleased Get a Life comic available on Earth Prime. Um, and there's even some Rags Morales artwork that was made in the process of this comics production. However, 
by the time this comic would have been coming out, Acclaim Comics was no more. So it wasn't going to happen. Andy Mangels uh, is the writer, Rags Morales, penciler, uh, inks by Rags Morales as well on this one, um, and Ken Bell on the lettering. Uh, the story behind this one was the sliders find themselves uh, a cause to celebrate when they land on a world where their exploits form the basis of a media empire and a world that might be home. So they quite literally land on a world where their exploits uh, are a TV show, essentially. I, Think of this as like the Mojo World episode of Sliders or them making it to our world even. Uh, you know, they're celebrities in this situation. And I would have loved to have seen this published and I'm beyond glad that a version of this exists on the internet for us to enjoy in one way or another. And I, I really do suggest, like I said, if, if you're, if you're going to go out there, if you watch the show Sliders like I did in the 90s, and yet at least have like a passing interest in it, go to earthprime.com, go to their comic section. They have CBRs available for download of each of these comics, um, as well as the script for Get a Life um, and some promo artwork to go along with it by Rags. Uh, and it's really worth checking out. Uh also, full reviews of these by Mike Truman, uh, who uh, who put Earth Prime together as a website. Um, and, and I'm super glad that because of fans of the show, that so much of its history are preserved. Because there's, there's other sci-fi shows from the 90s uh, and, and early 2000s that just, that didn't happen with. You know, the internet was still essentially in its infancy, even if we were, you know, further along than like early days of of AOL or whatever, by the time this was all said and done, uh, there really wasn't a lot of preservation. Digital files weren't what they were. Um, and it was not nearly as easy as, you know, just getting on a Skype call and talking with, uh, you know, your favorite creator and getting the behind the scenes of, of what happened and what didn't happen. With sites like Earth Prime, you're able to get exactly that. Uh, and and he continues to still update the site occasionally as well, which is which is pretty darn cool. Um, so for a fan like myself, a fanboy like myself, I am super duper glad to have this sitting on the internet for me, and I'm glad that Sliders comics exist, <laughs> that they weren't just fan fiction like I made that probably still exists somewhere, and just to embarrass me because I'm sure it does not read very well. <sighs> No, 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 I can make a sixth season of the show all by myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am super duper glad to have been able to geek out with you guys uh, for a solid half hour here. And uh, I would like to thank Steven one more time uh, for having me on Just Another Fanboy. And uh, I hope to be back someday, uh, either talking with Steven or, uh, or just, you know, filling in again as a guest host. Uh, but this was, this was terrific. Uh, and uh, for any of you who are looking to find out more about me or anything else that I do, you can follow me on Twitter at I underscore AM underscore sci-fi. That's I am sci-fi. Uh, I have had that particular handle on the internet since the days 
that I was on the sliders uh, bulletin boards, and I keep it rolling. So there we go. Uh, you can also find me over at ComicGeekSpeak.com. Uh, and uh, we post uh, video and audio versions of each episode of Comic Geek Speak. Uh, and uh, all comic timing episodes are also posted to the Comic Geek Speak site these days. So you can find them uh, when I have the time to put those out as well. Um, so, yeah, once again, thank you guys so much for listening to me ramble about old 90s sci-fi for a half hour of your life here. Uh, and uh, once again, I hope that Steven is enjoying himself wherever he is right now. And we'll catch you next time on Just Another Fanboy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job.